So first I want to also give a plug. This week, in preparation for, um, for Shabbat, for Tetzaveh, I, I, I was listening to a podcast by Rabbi Jill Hammer, um, who spoke at Roma Moan Tetzaveh, I think it was like three years ago, and it's one of the most powerful divrei Torah that had a big impact on me. I remember when you gave it three years ago, and it was really good to listen to again this week. So um, just a, a recommendation to, to go, go do some archival Romamu listening. Um, so here we are in building, building, learning how, getting the instructions for building the Mishkan. And last week we were getting, you know, all the details of how to build, you know, beginning with the center building, the Holy of Holies, and outward all of the gold and the, the colors, the woven, spun silks and reds and purples and blues, the most really ravishing and awe-inspiring colors in the human palette. And this week we move from building the temple, building the tabernacle, to the couture of the high priests and of all of the priests. And it's, it's interesting that we draw a parallel, the rabbis draw a parallel, that you know, the, the building of the Mishkan is the act of creation, right? So that the, the act of building Mishkan parallels God creating the universe. And, and to, for the rabbis, the act of of sewing, of designing this clothing is parallel to God dressing Adam and Eve in the garden with garments of, of skin after they've eaten from the tree, that this act of clothing the first human beings is now paralleled with the act of dressing the high priest because as the human beings were the first to, were dressed and in some ways it's saying, you know, we, we're not only as we appear, we're not in our raw form, but there's something we need to protect and conceal and we need to garb ourselves. And it somehow separates us from animals who are not wearing clothing for the most part, as far as we know. And here it's saying the high priest is now elevating even higher. And as we know also, the, the rabbis played with the garments of skin that God sewed for the first human beings and said they were um, or they were not or with an ayin, but or with an aleph, that they were garments of light, rags of light, garments of light. And here, these garments of the high priest, this is, these are the most light-filled, reflective, stunning garments possible. So we've begun to, to craft, um, to learn how to craft these garments were on page 508, and we've just, um, God has given Moses the instructions of how to make the, the ephod, which is this, this apron we, I, we talked about last night, um, which has the names of all of the tribes, six tribes on each shoulder that are engraved into this carnelian stone, and then the breastplate of decision over it, Choshen Mishpat, that has, um, has each tribe on a stone, each stone more precious than the one before it. The, I mean, this is bling with each tribe written on each stone. And, and the priestly garments came to be understood not just for their fashion sense, but understood as also the, the moral qualities, the, 
the attributes of the high priest. And we talked a little bit last night about how, you know, what was worn over the high priest's heart is the names of each tribe, that he carried it over his heart. They would light up whenever he was making decisions, according to the Midrash, of, of, of about a particular tribe. Whoever was affected would light up and they would come to mind. So before he could make any decision, his heart was connected to anyone he was going to impact with his decision. Talk about intentionality. So this morning we start reading, um, bottom of page three, uh, 508, verse 31. Um, and we read about making the robe. It's one of the most beautiful poetic descriptions. Um, you shall make the robe of the ephod pure blue. The opening for the head shall be in the middle of it. The opening shall have a binding of woven work round about. It shall be like the opening of a coat of mail. This isn't the poetic part yet. <laughs> um, so that it doesn't tear. You don't want to have any, you know, kind of shabby chic around your neck. Um, on its hem, now this is the poetic part. Um, so here we go. Okay. al shulav on its hem, make pomegranates of blue, purple, and crimson yarns all around the hem with bells of gold between them all around. A golden bell and a pomegranate. A golden bell and a pomegranate all around the hem of the robe. So, oh gosh, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> so there's different ways that the rabbis imagine it. One is you have 72 and you have pomegranate, bell, pomegranate, bell, pomegranate, bell. So you have these beautiful like popping purple, blue, red pomegranates woven like, you know, like woolen, not woolen, but woven pomegranates, and then you have this clear bell that's going to make a noise every time you move. Some say it was that it was a pomegranate with a bell inside. So you get to decide in your own, you know, the, whatever you choose for the design, you can have either this, one, 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 or you can have them one inside the other. The other thing is that of all the garments, this is the only one that is pure techelet. And techelet remembers the, this is a special rare um, dye that comes from the um, emission of a special snail that's only, <laughs> that we have, we've lost touch with the snail. Some think we've found it again. But techelet, the color, we can't recapture this blue that's like this cerulean blue that um, only comes from the goo of a snail. So... It's entire. The other. Where's the other place that we have famously have techelet? Is in our tzitzit, and both of these are reminders. I just wanted to. It, it, this is this is the other piece of each garment that the high priests wear. It's a reminder, and the Torah tells us it's a remembrance. It's a reminder. This is reminding him in some way. He's getting cued. The high priest. Every action he's doing, he's cued by something he's wearing. He can't take a step without thinking of direction, of without checking in with his heart or his shoulders or his head. So he takes one step and he can hear himself. He hears the reverberations of his movement. Then he 
he's about to make a decision and he's got over his heart the whole community, each tribe, and he has to think about how it's impacting each person. He's got on his shoulders six tribes on each shoulder, and so before, you know, he's, he's carrying literally the world, the community on his shoulders. That would stress me out. Um, but it is fascinating to have, like, what are the remind, like, what are our reminders? And I talked more about that last night. But I was thinking also, because tzitzit, and also, obviously, tefillin, these are the reminders that we wear today. And there's a, some of you may know this great uh, Talmudic story of a man who went to visit um, the most very famous prostitute. And um, this is an PG-13. R. Um, he goes to visit a, a, this very, very famous prostitute, and he, he arrives, he gives her all this money, and she has seven beds laid out, the first six of silver and the top one of gold. And he arrives, and he meets her, and you know she's this incredible force of nature, and, and all of a sudden, they're getting ready to to get on with things, and his tzitzit slap him in the face. <laughs> and, he's, and he's like, excuse me, I'm so sorry, I gotta go. And, um, and this woman was like, no, 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 hold up. You got a problem, like, is there something wrong here? Like, I got seven beds, I'm awesome, and what's going on? And he's like, no, no, you're great. It's, it's, I just have this reminder, this tzitzit with trelet that is telling me this is not who I am in the world. This is not how I want to be, behave in the world to buy sex from, from another person. So, she, so he then leaves and she sells her seven beds and she goes, and, the, and this is the end of the story. She actually becomes the hero of the story besides the tzitzit. She follows him. She finds his rabbi. And she says, I want to convert to Judaism. And he's like, you met somebody? <laughs> and, uh, and she says, yeah, I did. And then, and then it, it, they lived happily ever after. <laughs> so um, it's a great story. But the point of the trailer and the tzitzit, um, that a reminder that we're not just stam, we're not just for nothing wearing these amazing capes that fall off our shoulders all the time and we keep doing this, that this is a reminder. This is, when we are praying, this is, this is to tell us who we are in the world and how we want to act in the world. And this is mitzvot, all bound together. So... Um, So reminders. So I want to, so, okay, so that's the first thing. The next part, now I want to go a little bit somewhere else, which is that um, what I was talking about before with Meashiloach, with the Ishbitzer Rebbe, who talks about each, each word, each verb, each action in the prayer of Ahavarabah, which is the final prayer we say before the Shema, and has in this incredible list of who we want to be in the world. V'ten belibenu, given to our hearts, that we will understand and we will know and we will learn. Not only will we learn, but we will teach. We will mentor. We will listen. We will. Um, we will. We will guard. We will observe. We will uphold. And 
and we will act in this world. And what the Ishpritzer Rebbe does is he says, so first of all, the background that, you know, what prayer today, one, one of our understandings of prayer is that it is a mirror of the temple. The temple was destroyed. We had no way to be intimate with God in the same way through sacrifice. And prayer became our substitute, but a really much better one because it involved no killing of animals. And this became our, our offering is our prayer. So the rabbis throughout history are telling us all these secrets from the temple are embedded into our liturgy. And the Ishpitzer Rebbe is saying, embedded in this stunning prayer, the stunning litany of verbs, of actions, is the clothing of the high priest. That each one of these verbs is a garment. And since each garment is a reminder of who we want to be in the world, each of these, this is it. We are, we are donning our high priest garments and we are reminding ourselves of how we want to act, how to learn, how to listen, how to teach. And what's amazing is like he really, the way he sees, he corresponds the garments. So the garment that is over the heart, the Hoshan Mishpat, the, the breastplate of decision, he says, that is Lahaskil to know, to learn, because that's over our heart and the place of knowledge. He says, the, to act, la'asot in the world, that garment of action is the ephod, which has the two stones with all the names written on it. So this is action. We're carrying the world on our shoulders. We're acting in the world. That garment and that verb is to remind us of action and of how to be in the world. Now, where we're starting this morning with our reading is the me'il, which is as we said, the robe with the pomegranate and the bell, and the pomegranate and the bell, or the bell inside the pomegranate. And this, he says, the most noisy garment that we're wearing, he says that garment is a reminder that we need to listen. So the robe that makes the noise, that introduces itself as it walks, is a reminder for us not only to be actors and singers and speakers in the world, but we need to listen first and foremost. I love that. That garment, as I say that prayer, that garment I am gonna take with me of to teach me how to listen, to teach me that first and foremost, my prayer and my action in the world needs to begin by listening, before jingling, before singing. Listening. <laughs> Welcome back. And um, so I want to invite up for the first Aliyah all of these pomegranate bells, all of us pomegranate bells in the community who want to step out into the world as listeners and really hone that and carry that reminder with us that even as we're acting and teaching and learning, that we're first and foremost we're there listening with our hearts, our ears, our eyes. Please come up for the first Aliyah. <laughs> 